If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. Are you struggling with stress? Do you feel like life is out of control? Do you run out of time to get your to-do list tackled? Well, we have a special gift for you. Stop by addvaluemindset.com and claim your free gift today. I'm excited for today's guest, Kenneth Hugh. Kenneth has succeeded in classic direct marketing and the new media, a rare bird nowadays, when too many people suffer by being specialists without knowing the big picture. Impressive. Drayton Bird, CIM's top 50 most influential marketer and founder of Ogilvy Direct. The accidental founder of Write Your Own Damn Check movement, Kenneth teaches entrepreneurial-driven financial independence through an interdisciplinary system of persuasion, personal growth, and strategic thinking. Kenneth's obsessed with telling stories that part people with their money. He expresses that in helping corporations like McDonald's, Fujitsu, and Zurich Insurance with cultural transformation and the multiple companies that he owns and consults. Kenneth, you and Robert talk about the power of making an impact as an entrepreneur and the opportunity to transform nations. We really dig into Kenneth's movement, nicknamed Write Your Own Damn Check, and the power of language, especially religious frameworks in marketing. Kenneth is an expert copywriter and really knows how to separate people from their money through telling stories. Well, Kenneth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you taking the time. I know that uh, it's it's very late in the evening there in Singapore, and I just appreciate you uh, you jumping on. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Happy to to share whatever you know. I'm I I can share, I guess. <laughs> well, and and we didn't have an official introduction from Dennis Yu, but actually Dennis was had sent emails about your. Um, I don't know if it was Scalable Parable or one of the other programs that you were you were offering, Dennis. Dennis I think it was Holy Grail. Oh yeah, it was very nice of the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to you know express gratitude to Dennis for 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 connecting us and 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 I, I've really appreciated uh you know Holy Grail when you shared you know that challenge and then I've really appreciated the scalable parable. And I just love um I mean I just love your group, your your idea of you know the the Y well no W Y O D C Yes, so, WIODC. Yeah, so them check. Yeah, so let's start with with that idea. <laughs> yeah, so somebody actually did this for me. I'm not sure if nice. it's the oh, right way around. Yes. Nice. So uh, one of my um, one of my students, one of my mastermind members, 3D printed this for me. <laughs> That's pretty so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So WIODC stands for Write Your Own Damn Check. It's a accidental movement I started during the pandemic. Because I've always been quite a successful online entrepreneur over the last maybe 15, 16 years. Uh, so I've been doing this a long time. Um, I was one of the first few people to do funnels. Like, like how we, we talk about funnels today, I was actually one of the first implementers of funnels uh, ever. Uh, we were one of the pioneers of email copywriting. Uh, so, so I've been in this game a long time. And I think during the pandemic when everybody was stuck, I decided to throw everyone a lifeline because during the pandemic, I had my best months. And during the pandemic, I actually had my best years, even though I've been doing this a long time. But the pandemic was where that whole work from home thing, the online marketing thing all accelerated. And I wanted to bring people on this journey. Uh, and I just had this mantra that was, you know, write your own damn check. Because uh, the, the governments, because people are very reliant on governments, you know, the shutdowns, uh, the the mandates and and you cannot be so uh, what's the right word so dependent on external circumstances because there are even though there are a lot of things out of your control there are actually a lot of things that are in your control as well and that is learning new skills learning new wealth models uh, networking with the right people because there are always business models that thrive in different environments. Right, so 
So over the last, you know, two, three years, even though a lot of business models were crushed, like, you know, retail and, and tour agencies, and I mean, they make it come back now, but, you know, it was, it was just a very dire, terrible time. But for a lot of us in the internet marketing space, it was a gold rush. It was like California back in the day. Like it was just, you know, up and up and up and up. Like I 6X my business in a few months. That was in 2000, uh, 2020. And, and yeah, so I, I want to sort of spread the message and equip people with WYODC tools for the next, uh, you know, for whatever period is coming because it's still going to be an uncertain, volatile time. Yeah, well, I appreciate the the idea of helping people, and but obviously, just that idea of of take control of what you can take control of, and and recognize that there's there's more that you can take control of than, than you yep. probably realize. That is true. Yeah, and so I think that is true. I think that's a, a big piece. Well, one of the, the other big drivers for me in in connecting with you and, and wanting to have you on the show was your desire to to give back, your desire to to contribute um, on the world scale, and and so can yeah. you share your your mission, your 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 person purpose, your passion for for helping others and, and empowering others that that maybe can't take care of or are at this point aren't being able to take care of themselves. Yep. So my wife and I share a very similar calling and purpose. I mean, our expressions are different, but uh, for us as a married couple, our our mission is to to use business as a force of good and a force of change on a nation transformation level. So let me just uh, explain and unpack this a little bit. I think for I think number one is that uh, you you mentioned giving back, right? But giving back. Uh, connotes the fact that we we took in the first place. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> so what I my my I guess my passion is to redefine business or reframe business as no business is not necessarily about taking business is a force of good it's a force of change. It's really a neutral vehicle and a very powerful vehicle that you know when greed and and selfishness uh, controls that vehicle, it becomes a vehicle for harm. And then you give back because you took. But when business is a vehicle for, when you there's benevolence and there's the grace of God and there's kingdom and there's, you know, God so loved the world and you're blessed to be a blessing, that's when business transforms and business changes. And, and so, so this excites me. And one of my um, role model in this, and he's a bit unfortunate that he couldn't fulfill that mission because he got kicked off by, by his stakeholders. Basically, stakeholders kicked him out pretty much. <laughs> uh, but my, um, my aim is to actually meet him for coffee. He's in Sweden now. His name is Paul Pullman. He used to be the CEO of Unilever. So he was the global CEO of Unilever. And his mantra was doing well by doing good. So if you lift people out of poverty, sales increase. So if you are able to, to take everybody out of, you know, uh, a certain income level, you take them to, a, to the next income level, business will flourish. Because society flourish, business flourish. Do you see? So, so that's really what, the kind of, I guess, transformational thinking that I want to bring in, uh, both for myself and the things that I want to do, but also the people who are interested in this message and empowered to say, hey, you can make a difference because business is a force of change. There is no false dichotomy between business and social. It's business as a social force. Hope that helps. <laughs> oh, no, you just... You just rocked my world <laughs> just with, <laughs> I mean, language matters, right? Words, words yep. matter and the language we use absolutely matters. And so, so that, that thinking in that way changes, changes things. And so I, I just learned a huge lesson that impacts me at, at, a, at the, at the heart level. And so let, let's talk about your wife's 
methodology. You, you mentioned that yours is a little different than hers and, and that, you know, your mission is the same, but she's she's expressing hers differently. What is your wife's expression of of impacting the world and, and this nation transformation? She, I think she wants to make the world a better, a safer place for women. Mm. So she's in the women empowerment leadership space. Uh, she also thinks in terms of ecosystems. Because if you want to transform anything on a global slash national level, you have to think in terms of the ecosystems of the country. It's not because here's the thing. I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, charity. So, you know, I appreciate, you know, you do something for charity water, you give, and that's good because we need that. But if you want to actually transform culture, then several steps need to happen. And like my wife, my wife builds organization. I mean, she's the global CEO of a, not CEO, she's a global uh, chairperson of, of basically a global missions organization. And uh, I mean, that's a side gig. That's not a full-time role. That's what she does for fun. <laughs> she, she, she chairs a global missions NGO with presence in 50 countries for fun. <laughs> so, and, and what we see, right, is basically when you embrace business thinking, and business thinking is not counter to, let's say, kingdom thinking everything, but kingdom is actually administrative. It's actually, you know, like kingdom is actually a, a national thing, right? Like you basically bring in national culture or values, economic uh, empowerment, and, and look at different things from an ecosystem. I mean, I, I look at things from ecosystems as well, uh, but, you know, that's her strength. I mean, my strength is the marketing, it's the amplification, it's the message, it's the evangelism, the evangelism of the cause type thing. Of course, it's just building the systems because without the systems, movements fall and movements can't grow. So powerful. So let's so let's dig into, into some of this uh, marketing. Obviously, you're... You're very well respected in the marketing space. You have a great deal of, of experience in, in helping just understand language and understand um, yep. well, how, how people think and then how people make the decision to, to purchase. Yep. And so for entrepreneurs listening, how, how can you help them understand how to better communicate the problem they solve <laughs> in a way that attracts the clients that they want? For me, fundamentally, it's about the Holy Grail offer. Um, I mean, what is the Holy Grail? Holy Grail is a King Arthur legend that, that you know, there's this object of great power that King Arthur, uh, you know, sacrifice his kingdom for. Okay, a lot of kingdom words today, right? So sacrifice his kingdom for and the knights of the round table when perished, the kingdom fell. But the story was there was an object that people were willing to pay a great price for. It's almost like the pearl of great price uh, in scripture, right? Where, you know, he bought an entire field to get that pearl of great price. And so you have to position yourself in a way where you're the pearl of great price. And, and you do that only in two ways, really. And as is, uh, and really, I think one, you have to be precious to the person that, wants you in the first place. <laughs> so it's the pearl of great price because it's of value to him. You you hit me with a pearl of great price, the same pearl, I might ignore it, right? Like, why do I want a pearl? <laughs> right. It's not, you know, my, it's not a state-of-the-art 4K TV. It's not PS5. It's not, you know, anything I like. It's, you know, so it has to be valuable. Um, the second thing it has to be, it has, it, it needs some sort of novelty. And it needs some sort of different, differentiation like the pearl of great price probably because it's the either the shiniest pearl or it's a very different kind of pearl so novelty plus relevancy is what makes you stand out in the marketplace nice well Thank and you. it sounds it sounds so simple <laughs> yeah <It is. laughs> and yet, and yet it's, it can be the most challenging thing for for a lot of people that that struggle with struggle with marketing right and yeah so being able to uh, i like the novelty um you in in the holy grail at least in the holy grail challenge you talked about 
the the novelty element in a in a way to awaken somebody's attention or to to attract yep. them in a in a significant way without without being totally off the market like a like a Instagram reel, right? Look, some of those, yep. you know, you don't want to just use a, a a video of somebody falling on their face to get attention <laughs> and then try to sell them <laughs> your pearl. <laughs> yes. Right. And so the even yeah. the the novelty has to have relevance. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> and I think I think it's it's so challenging for 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 most of us <laughs> to think like that, <laughs> to think like a marketer. And, and you seem to think naturally you're built like a marketer and of course your marketing career has has amplified that for you. And and so what obviously the the scalable parable is 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 similar in in the ideas that yep. the religious structures have been the most convincing marketing and <laughs> yes. so why not why not apply those to business and so here here i am i spent 20 years in christian ministry 10 10 years in south america you know sharing wow. the gospel and 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 teaching colombian pastors how to build their churches and and as a business and and i had i never made the connection like until until I heard you share this idea that the parable, you know, of you know the sharing the idea of sharing the gospel is really marketing. The, yeah. the, the two always were in separate boxes for me, even though it's it's the similar process. And and so yeah. to to take my business and look at it in in the terms of sharing the gospel or in the terms of that language or, or the elements of that language was was eye-opening and, and yeah thank you and and obviously i mean you're right right i mean scripture gives us the the tools to share a story in a way that that people are attracted to it and want to participate want to be a part of it um and and being able to use that language for your business right this is the value that i add and of course, if your value is not relevant to that person, then then they're not the person you should be talking to, right? And and, and yep. so there's there, there is an ethical element to, to marketing um, that I think's you know pretty important. But if they are the person that you're talking to, and and you do have yep. something of great value that can really help them, then then it's yep. your obligation as a marketer to market to them. <laughs> yep. Which is true because um, you need to be convinced that your product will change their life in some way or it will create impact in some way. And that selling is, <coughs> selling is not the devil. We all sell. Uh, and I can argue that, you know, I mean, I can go on a separate rant, but basically, you know, I think we're, we're in a sense uh, selling, either, you know, we're, we're selling the wrong message to, to the audience we want to reach out today be in Christianity or be in other things, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to give you just one example. Uh, I'm going to extrapolate it. Uh, and we're going to use it in several examples. It's the idea of moving pain versus moaning pain. So Ooh. moving pain, pain that moves, and moaning pain, like you moan, you complain and everything. Um, and and basically, we always talk, in marketing, we talk about, you start with the, the pain point or whatever, which is very cliched, right? But it's what kind of pain point? So is it the pain point that is, you know, the, the the pain point that, you know, you complain about, you don't do anything about it, or the 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 pain point that is actually really urgent? So let me just show you, just let me uh, share with you a story. So about 20 years ago now, maybe less than that, about 18 years ago now, I nearly chopped off my thumb with a meat cleaver. Because, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was a young and foolish bachelor before I met my wife. You know, so meat cleaver, meat, frozen burger patties, and, you know, nearly chopped off my thumb. So I was bleeding everywhere. So I was just bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. Uh, and the, the thoughts that came to my head, my first thought, I bet you were not, let's go Netflix, you know, or let's play a video game, or let's wait on this, right? Or, or this is so painful, it sucks, and you go to sleep. No, it's like, I need to freaking see a doctor so I can sew back my thumb. Because I could see bone at that time. Uh, so I rushed. And mind you, you're not even seeing any doc 
doctor, you're not seeing your favorite doctor that you might be, you know, a kilometer, uh, a mile away or something. You're seeing the doctor that's right in front of you. Like whether it's good or bad, you don't care. You just want. So then I still have the, the scar over here to prove it. Uh, and, and the key is basically asking what's the bleeding thumb of the market. Wow. So, so what is the bleeding thumb of the market? Because if you're not tackling the big, the, the, the bleeding thumb, then your message goes unheard. A lot, the reason why a lot of churches dwindle in America is because what is their bleeding thumb? Their bleeding thumb is either heaven or hell, mortality, or whatever crazy issues are going on, like, you know, whatever the, the hot button topics that are going on right now. That is the bleeding thumb. But that is not what people are giving, you know, a damn about, right? Like, basically, mortality is relevant when your age span is 60. Or 55 because you retire at 55 you die at 60 that's actually uh your retirement savings actually structured for only five to ten years or a and previous, then it actually previous generation right i think i think yeah. your billy graham's generation yes identified with the heaven and hell message they yes, were concerned correct. about eternity and and yes the, the the following generations no longer concerned about that question so when the church continues to ask the question you know, do you know what happens to you when you die? They're like, I don't care. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Right. And yeah. and I think I think you're right. The the bleeding, the bleeding thumb of these succeeding generations is, you know, what am I doing when I wake up? I don't I don't have any hope for, for life when I when I wake. I don't even have a reason to wake up. Like you know, yeah. mean, we, <laughs> the evidence is all around us that people are losing hope and, and committing suicide yeah. at higher rates and 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 there is a, a, a lack of yep. a lack of hope and a lack of purpose in our in our culture today. Yeah. Sorry, that was a that was a side <laughs> a side break, but yeah. But I I think it's challenging sometimes for businesses to think about what is what is the bleeding thumb because they get caught up in the features and benefits <laughs> and and not yeah. focusing on you know what is it that, that the people you serve really really need and and know that they need i think one of the challenges for for me in coaching has always been i i focus on mindset i help people you know think no, differently okay. and 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 yeah. grow themselves to to serve yeah but the majority of people realize they have the voice in their head but they don't realize that how much of a difference it would make if the voice is working for them rather than against them and so they don't yeah. realize that how much that would benefit them and so it's a harder yeah. it's it's been much harder language wise to to communicate what it is i really do and, and how it is i really help somebody yeah i think my reply to that is it's a bit of an unconventional reply is recognize the seasons mm. see i mean the bible talks about i recognize the seasons right why is winter spring what is the dominant emotion what are people truly feeling and then you tap into that dominant emotion you just express it down because that person is probably feeling it anyway <laughs> so if it's anger like you know during covid like shared emotion seems to be more widespread than we think it does so you know like we we, we look at the war in ukraine i mean now it's a little bit of hope there's a little bit of a sliver of hope but even though inflation is really high there's not much despair yet um, but let's say if it gets to despair, then you look at the despair and you, you channel your message. Hey, are you feeling this? And this is how we can help you because unless you, you want to, to go heaven sooner, here is how we can help you flourish on earth, right? right. So start nice. from the seasons. That's well, and that's, that's powerful, right? I, I mean, I think yeah. it, it's, it's, it's challenging. I suppose it's kind of like niching down and and really finding your market, right? Who it, who it is that you you really serve. And I think more and more I've come to recognize that that's that's helpful in the beginning for early entrepreneurs, especially because of the language. Your language is more natural with the people that you understand at a at a at a deeper level. And I think for many people, well. In the beginning, they don't. They just not, aren't intentional enough about choosing who they serve and, and what it is that they provide f 
for them. And so niching can be such a such a challenge. Now, now for you, let's let's go back. Typically, I have everyone start with their own entrepreneurial journey, but now we're 23 minutes in and and <laughs> we haven't talked about Kenneth's journey. So so tell us a little bit about your journey through marketing and, and serving, you know, in, in companies, but then starting your own starting your own companies. Yeah, I mean, just a grace of God, like I'm I'm not even from a city, the major city in Malaysia. I'm actually from a very small town. Uh, uh, it's in the jungles of Borneo. So it's like a small little town. Uh, no, not many people spoke English there. Uh, and so I always had a perchance for language and for writing and affinity for the languages. Um, I studied um, film. I did film studies in, in, in university, in college. Uh, studied Japanese anime, actually. So I did my honors thesis on Japanese anime. Uh, came out and I worked for a company called Ogilvy. You may have heard of Ogilvy. It's one of the biggest uh, ad agencies in the world. Was there for three, four years. Uh, made, actually uh, won about 12 advertising awards worldwide. Like my, my ads are still part of some textbooks. Like people are still studying my ads in, in college and stuff. So my ads are part of textbooks. Uh, I went to a company called Mind Valley after that. I'm not sure if you heard of Mind Valley. So it's the biggest personal development company in the world. I was their first copywriter. We pioneered funnels, we pioneered email copywriting, we pioneered uh, you know, OTOs and upsells and, and all those things. Did that for a couple of years. Didn't agree with the company's direction. Uh, so my wife and I, my wife also worked there. We stepped out in faith. Uh, and then uh, when we stepped out, we were supposed to finance a wedding that was like two or three months away. Uh, what we did was we basically uh, created our own e-course on Twitter marketing because we were actually getting a lot of traction on Twitter during that time. Uh, when we launched it, it was about a month before the wedding. We broke even in five minutes. We made money. Uh, basically, we we made money in half an hour. Like Basically, we profited half an hour. And we financed the wedding in under a month. Uh, became a six-figure business in three months. So we managed to finance our wedding. That was about 13 years ago. Um, then, then, you know, we, we created the first email copywriting product. We created the first Twitter marketing product. Um, uh, but we realized where the money was at that time was the corporates, the digital marketing for the corporate space, especially in Malaysia, because we were, we were the cutting edge of what we did in the industry. Uh, so we took that competitive advantage and we started marketing to much bigger companies. So we're talking about uh, you know, McDonald's, Fujitsu, uh, the major banks, Groupon, like we had all these major uh, clients. And, and that's how we made, you know, um, money for about 10 years. Like we, we serve corporate clients uh, on that level. We trade corporate clients as well. Like I think, I, not basically, you bought Frankenmine recently, right? So I was supposed to do that for one of the big banks. And then they flaked on me and i just did i sell to everyone we made about 99 sales by the way so it was quite a decent promotion <laughs> 99 sales uh fun funding my trip to the us now so uh so we did that so so i actually have that corporate structure thing so basically i i know how to train corporates and and put things in syllabuses and everything uh then again we we had to keep adapting like again recognize the seasons right uh especially when you're in digital type economies, uh, things change really fast. Because I think that involves technology. Usually you make a lot of money in two or three years and then the whole market catches up and everything starts plummeting to the ground. Uh, so, you know, what was a $30,000 project became a $3,000 project. And you know, you, you had problems where even IBM themselves come to you, like you're the big giant billion dollar company, IBM, Flush with Warren Buffett's money telling you, I can only afford a landing page for $3,000. <laughs> if you don't do it, my Indian team will do it. Then you know, recognize the seasons. We got out of that. Uh, went back to info publishing because we left that for a while. Uh, then we started WYODC. have all these info products like Holy Grail, Scalable Parable, Gravitational Courses, which is called Fire Your Clients. 
Ruminate fire your clients and uh, I, I'm not sure if you've seen the, the emails for that. So fire your clients will be happening in two weeks. Uh, and yeah, and it's a far, like, far less stressful existence. Like the last three years has been, while challenging in some respects, business-wise has been the best of my life. Like, you know, I, I make more than I did in agency. And mind you, we were a big agency with like 24 staff. And we make more with a 95% profit margin because we only hire two other stuff. <laughs> so your business models and your wealth models actually matter. Nice. And this is, this is a really scalable model. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses heroes of hope who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience and persistence no matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope you will find a leader with a big heart you will see you are not alone the authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com welcome back let's get back to more greatness all right i, I want to i want to dig into fire your clients because it's it's one of my i love the concept of you know being able to to tell clients, I mean, work with people you want to work with. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> but I, I know your fire, your clients is a little bigger than that. And, and I've only seen hints. So yeah. what more can yes. you share? It's a totally different model. So basically it means that your, your company is client optional. <laughs> so it means that you, if you want clients, fine. Because you do, sometimes you do have joy from working with people one-on-one -on -one and whatnot, right? Like as a coach and whatnot. But there's an option you don't have to. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so it's that's client-free business model. Yes. All right. So you mentioned you mentioned your wedding. You mentioned financing your wedding, and and that you and your wife have been together for a little while. I, I want to sidetrack just a little bit. What's your most mm. memorable date? Wow. Okay. Uh, my most memorable date lately has been uh. The one most recently that was about that was just last Sunday. Nice. So we were on the Penang, we were on the hill in Penang, which is uh somewhere in Malaysia. So it's on top of the hill. We were staying in a hotel, but this hill does not really have transport, like everything you need to walk. So from a hotel to the restaurant is a jungle trail. <laughs> so it's actually a jungle trail to get to the restaurant. It's not a proper road, it's a, it's like a freaking you're going into the jungle, there are ravines and snakes and everything, I think. But <laughs> so what happened was uh, halfway, like halfway to in that journey, it started to rain, you know, Asian torrential rain. So we were caught in the rain and we were stuck on the hill. We couldn't come back down because uh, it was very slippery and stuff. And we realized that our phones didn't have enough battery. <laughs> so, so it was an adventure. So we had to find shelter all drenched and wet and then we managed to go to, to the restaurant in the end uh you know dried up a bit went to the restaurant and when we came back it was like total darkness <laughs> after the restaurant and I, my battery was at 10 percent <laughs> and we we're like praying because if the battery goes out it's literally pitch darkness and the ravine was next to us like literally <laughs> you, <laughs> you can die like you know it's so that's how i spent my birthday like Praying that I'll, I'll have another one. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that 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 is definitely memorable. <laughs> yes, that is memorable. Yes. <laughs> so, do you have do you have routines that that serve you and that you consider non negotiables in your day? Um, I I do spend a bit of time with the Lord in the morning. So I just wake up, spend a bit of time with the Lord, uh, have my cup of coffee, do journaling. Uh, I do try to make my day as boring as possible. Nice. <laughs> so, so I do, you know, I used to, when times were a lot more stressful, like, you know, when you are 24 stuff, I used to schedule my day in 15 minute or 30 minute intervals. So, so because they're really tight. I mean, I don't do that anymore. Like I'm a little bit more relaxed now, but 
but I find that I, I do plan everything in advance by you know a, at least a year. So that's another thing we do. Like we 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 need some sort of structure. Uh, and I think the one thing I do is it's very simple. Is basically is what you're doing today. Is any one thing you're doing today going to move your business forward or your mission forward tomorrow? And that's it. And then you just do it. It could be a small thing. It could be a big thing. By compounds, right? So after you know, three hundred sixty-five days, or you know, three years, four years, you know, it results stack upon one another. Absolutely, compounding effect works with your time and with your money. Yeah, amen to that. So obviously, write your own damn check was speaking into the pain of the situation, the fear of the government, yeah. the angst of the situation. Um, yeah. But you still had to generate leads. You still had to generate an audience. And and obviously you were, there's both the push and pull of attracting, right? I mean, yeah. you know, putting yourself out there where, where people are attracted to you and, and coming to you. And then, and then of course, trying to, I guess work with others like Dennis and 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 sharing um, joint venture type no. type situations where where you're tapping into their audiences. What what's been the most effective tool for for building audience for for sharing your message? I do on a macro level. I, I would say well, I'll share you what works for me, but what works for me may not work for you, right? So <laughs> on a macro level, you just have to find a funnel that fits your strengths. So that's it, like whatever it is. So if you're an analytical type that don't like people and whatnot, then don't go on social media. Just, you know, do your paid traffic and whatnot. I mean, initially, like it's, it's never a good idea just to rely on one funnel. But, but the first funnel that brings in the cash, that brings in the numbers is what you build off on. So my funnel is very simple. I create products that affiliates like to promote because it generates huge numbers for them. So for me, I have numbers and the numbers came because of the warm traffic that got in. And you know, as an audience, just because I use Facebook a lot and I, I just talk a lot about stuff. Um, and then I open the door, people come in, but that audience doesn't feed you indefinitely. It's a good for a surge. Um, and probably like my first six figures, probably from the, the warm audience, but after that, you need colder forms of traffic already. And that's when the, the partnerships come in. You actually say, hey, I have these numbers. These are my EPCs. These are my AOVs. Do you want to promote me or not? And that's why Dennis promoted. I mean, even though we share the same surname and stuff, we're actually, you know, good friends and stuff. And uh, I should be seeing him in San Diego when I'm there. So, yeah. Nice. But, you know, the numbers drive the action, actually. Well, of course. I mean, if it's mutually beneficial, why yeah. wouldn't? Why wouldn't another entrepreneur say, hey, I, first of all, we're in alignment because we agree on basic principles. And then he's yeah. got this great product that can help you and serve you. Yeah. And, mm, yeah. and we're friends. And so yeah. why not create something that's mutually beneficial where, where, where both people get, you know, share the joy <laughs> of, of success. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's where the, the best business models share the joy in much bigger ways than, 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 uh, you know, some people, well, you know, I'll give you 10%. I'll give you this small percent in the, these small pieces in there. Cause they're so caught in this scarcity <laughs> versus, mm -hmm. you know, sharing 30, 40, 50% models, people get more excited about it. And, and then there's more, there's, there's more movement and the numbers grow much faster. And, yeah. and I think that's, leaning into abundance is is beneficial for everybody yeah what's what's helped you to see abundance to to not feel um scarcity you know god is a god of abundance he has blessed me so far and i usually stay in my own lane like i'm too busy to engage in the gossip of the industry and whatnot and what I realize is you do the work, 
And especially we do the work with the Lord's direction because you can do the work and you know you 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 can you can do the work, build the house and it's on sand, right? But you can build the house and it's on rock. And as long as you build it on rock, success is inevitable. So just to make sure that the foundations are right, whatever they are. So be it a God, be it from a character standpoint, or be it from a business standpoint, be it from a positioning standpoint. Then you build it, your success will come. Mm, love that. So you mentioned character there. You mentioned a foundation. Um, how yeah. valuable is is character and 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 the ability to be authentic, right? I think there's there's a lot of people, especially on social media, trying to fake it, right? They're renting a big renting a big house for a weekend and a and a and a fancy car and taking all these pictures to to fill their social profiles with with social proof. But but they're really not they're really not living that. So how important is is authenticity and character, and, and how has that helped you in your business? I think for me, what I teach my students is happiness is Instagram reality reflecting. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, happiness is defined as your inner world reflecting Instagram reality. That. There's no difference between the Instagram reality you have and the world inside you. So you have the how nice cars and the vacation, but really you're that genuinely happy and joyful, then that's great. Then that's happiness. Because it's whatever's outside is reflected on the inside. So when I take the photos I do, I travel the the the, the world and seeing the people I see uh impacting the lives I impact. Yeah, it genuinely gives me joy. In fact, I don't, I don't put it on social media now, but it genuinely gives me joy. And, and character is just a matter of, you know, you lean into whatever the God, you know, wherever God, where, where God wants to take you. Like, I should have been a lot more successful 10 years ago. Like, I'm seeing only success in my 40s because in my 30s, I just didn't have the character to, to sustain it. Mm. And character doesn't, yeah. And, but a lot of times it's just you don't know what you don't know. And, a lot of times it's, it's ignorance more than anything else. And just let, let God do it, does it, do his refining work. Nice. I like that. All right, Kenneth, what do you love to do in your free time besides walk in the muddy jungle? <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of TV. So I'm fasting TV this week, hopefully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so far. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's a bit hard. Like I have a state-of-the-art 4K with a PS5 and you know, these headphones are state-of-the-art headphones. Like, <laughs> so I, I like doing that. So because I used to be a film student, right? So I appreciate film on a deep level. Uh, I appreciate art on a deep level. I like museums. I like art galleries. I like uh, I like musicals. So yeah. So that's those are the things I, I like, actually. Well, and all of those things lead to the power of story. And, yes, and, that's true. And, and the power of story is really what marketing is. Is yes, being that's able true. to tell the world about yourself and being able to tell the world how you you solve their problem, <laughs> why you're their Correct. holy grail. Yeah, that is true, because it's all it's all uh, fertilizer, really. All right, you gotta tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything is fertilizer for the harvest, right? Like the harvest of creativity, of ideas. Because ideas is essentially, I mean, only God can build something out of nothing. Mm. Uh, but we are sculptors. So we need material to carve and to sculpt and to, to make something. So we need material. But if you're not exposed to anything, really, to ideas, music, you know, even the revelations of God and everything, they got nothing to sculpt. If you've got nothing to sculpt, you have nothing to offer the world. So, yeah. So, it's just a matter of adding material. And the more you have, the more things you can sculpt. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Man, so many, so many powerful, powerful things. All right. Obviously, I think I know the answer. What, what inspires you? What inspires me? I think seeing people's lives impacted by, you know, 
my work and and basically, you know, like living the mission that God has given me. I mean, it's one thing to live a mission in faith and it's great to do it by faith because, you know, but it's another thing to also walk by sight, like basically seeing the fruits of your labor. And that is very satisfying. And living on the on God's green earth, you know, for 41 years, it's good to see fruits and not just regrets and mistakes and consequences. And and I think is as long as your fruits outweigh the consequences, I think I think your life is that's a good barometer for living life. Absolutely. So how important is play and fun in, in building your business? Uh, it's not important at all, actually. Uh, your business should be boring. Your business shouldn't be fun. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, personally, a business is a machine. If your machine is very fun <laughs> and it breaks down or, you know, it's not cons consistent, then there's a problem. So for me, it's like I make my business boring. I get my kicks elsewhere. I like it. So, yeah. So you, you outsource your kicks, you outsource your drama elsewhere. Your business is a machine. Your business shouldn't be interesting. Your business should bring in a dollar a day. Sometimes it brings $3, sometimes it brings $4, sometimes it brings $21, but at least it brings that $1 a day. Nice. So, yeah. So one of the things I like to encourage people is, is design the life that you want and then build the business to support it. And that sounds similar to what you talk about. The business should be boring. It's a machine to create yeah. the revenue to support the life that you want. Yep. And then make your life as interesting and as fruitful as possible because your business has enabled it. So. I like that. Make your life fruitful, which is really, I mean, that's what scripture tells us, right? You'll be known by your fruit. Yeah, yeah, and and, and too many of us are known by our consequences. Yeah, which is unfortunate, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I love that you and your wife have the similar mission and, and the similar passion. And and how is working together in in those areas in in mission um, supported you or or grown? I I guess. Napoleon Hill hints at the idea of the marriage mastermind, right? The power of, of no. two. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and so I like to dig into that when I hear couples that are, that are doing that power together and, and using both of their minds for, for a singular purpose adds, adds a level of intensity and, and, and power. So can you, could you speak to that from your experience? So for me, it's, I think it's the power of agreement. Uh, the power of agreement from a process of disagreement. <laughs> then the agreement is stronger. Because, you know, we're two different people and whatnot. But working together is not, it's a calling as well. It's not for all couples. Mm -hmm. I don't believe all couples should be in business together because your right. strengths, your weaknesses, your character, your traits. I mean, entrepreneurship is a very different thing. There's a certain drive. And both of you have the drive, it's great. If one of you has the drive, then it's a push-pull. It can be challenging. I mean, it's not as challenging if there are boundaries, but if one is an entrepreneur, one is that you're both in business, and you're insistent that you're business together, it can cause quite serious harm. And, and so for us, it's just we're just so somehow blessed that we can work together. We're somehow blessed that we, we, we have synergy. In whatever we do and i think that's god's grace i don't even think there's a secret formula other than we got together and it's so happened that we can work together nice i like the synergy and and the calling is important too because i think no there are the entrepreneurship can be a calling <laughs> and, and yeah and, and 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 i think there's many that are ignoring the call but there's many that that just aren't aren't getting the call because <laughs> yeah. obviously we need, we still need employees. We still need people, you know, running, helping all these other companies as well. And, and jobs yeah. are, you know, there's nothing wrong with a job. <laughs> if, if, if that's what you're built for, right. If that's your yeah. comfort level.
But for those that, that want to step out and they want to solve a problem in the world, and I think that's the that's the piece where you and your wife started, right? You you recognize that, look, we, we, we're having this great success on Twitter. We could teach people the, this Twitter thing. And, and you saw the problem in the marketplace that you had created a solution yep. for it. And, and you put it out there and that's that's really the root of, of entrepreneurship at, yeah. at the most basic level and, and and people just have to recognize in their own experience that that they've solved a problem that other people need help with yeah which is true and and they can create a course or they can create a a a, a, a way to trans you know transfer their knowledge that they've experienced in in a way that helps people and benefits people Yep, agreed. I mean, part of me believes entrepreneurs are going to save the world because of entrepreneurs like you and and entrepreneurs like Dennis who who have a mission yep. to impact so many That's more true. lives with and and yep. and they're so much more agile, right? Dennis's goal is is to employ a million people, and I know you and your wife have nation transformation goals where you want to raise people out of poverty as well and, and create opportunities yep. for people. And I yep. think I think that's the that that's the piece of entrepreneurship where where you build this big business because because you want to impact more lives and and yep. make make a bigger transformation in the world. Yep, that's true. All right. What's your big dream, Kenneth? My big dream is to see the prophetic in business. Mm. Because, because business, right, is unpredictable, meaning the marketplace is unpredictable. No one foresaw COVID. No one foresaw. You actually don't know what the issues of the future are. Mm. But if God can tell you what the issues of the future are, and you position yourself accordingly, you reap the rewards. The way Joseph, you know, did with Pharaoh or Daniel did with the king. Like Egypt basically is a nation that rose up because of a prophetic dream. And mm -hmm. so for me, it's how do I use the power of prophecy to explode business that create change? And yeah, I'm working on a book on it, actually. I just don't have time to do it, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually working on something like that. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I've, I like it. I, I, don't, I don't think we explore the business side of those stories enough. And clearly, yeah. Joseph and Daniel and, and, and many others, even Solomon in, in the building of the temple, yeah. those were yeah. business transactions and, and, and yeah. required, you know, required so many other people's involvement in the business and, and when they listened to God, they were blessed. And when they didn't listen to God, they, their businesses, you know, declared bankruptcy or just disappeared. Yeah. So, wow. Yep. That's, that's fantastic. All right. So we've just been chatting with these entrepreneurs for the last 50 minutes or so, and you want to leave them with Kenneth's words of wisdom. What would you share? Right. Your own damn check. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the WIODC. Uh, and, and basically, it's an ethos, right? Like, this world we're living in is volatile. And it is uncertain. And we need to be as prepared as possible for it. So there's something I share. I'm not sure if you've actually seen it. It's, it's in the groups. And sometimes I use it in the emails and stuff. That my my mother-in-law passed away last year. Hmm. Um, in fact, two sets of mother-in-laws passed away the same day, four hours apart. Wow. So my sister's mother-in-law and my mother-in-law passed away four hours apart, same cancer. Exact same cancer, four hours apart. Uh, my parents were attending two sets of funerals in the same day. <laughs> two mother-in-laws. Uh, and, and you know, the thing about death, right, is that and the process of grief is that it, it causes you to think a lot and it causes you to, to just have a lot of questions, right? And and a lot of things. And, and you actually come to a few conclusions. 
And one of the conclusions that I came to is that life is too short for inferior frameworks. Mm. Life's too short for inferior frameworks because, for instance, you can be in business, but if your business uses an inferior framework, you spend 10 years, 20 years of your life in business because you know you, you spend as long as you did, probably 30, 40 years. If you're built on the wrong framework and you end up broke at the end of, of it, then that's life wasted, right? Like, <laughs> it's... Uh, and, you know, in contrast to, you know, so I have this framework, which was, you know, the agency, which was doing okay for me, was doing fine for me. And then, but, you know, I spent years, I spent 10 years doing it. I mean, I don't regret it as much, but if I were to continue on this framework, which was actually an inferior framework, I will just be frustrated and drowning in burnout and, you know, whatever coping mechanisms and whatnot. And now because I switched my framework, I actually make more, I actually made more in the last three months than I did the whole year last year. Imagine the time save for that, right? And, and last year was a great year. Last year was an okay year. The year before was fantastic, but my mother-in-law passed away. I mean, it was still a great year. It was nearly seven figures, but, you know, we didn't cross seven figures last year. We crossed seven figures a year before. Uh, but we're actually making more now in three months than we did the whole last year, which is insane because of frameworks. So... That means you speed up, you accelerate the timeline. I mean, it's not just in business as well, it's in marriage as well. If your marriage is not working and you're spending your whole life with this other person, you better change your frameworks. Change your frameworks for parenting. Change your frameworks for addictions. Change your frameworks for productivity. Because God has only given you a finite time on earth. It's a bit longer than 60 years now. It's probably closer to 80. But you only have 80 years. And so one of my mentors, Jack Sim, uh, Jack, is, they call him Mr. Toilet. He has given 2 billion people uh, toilets. Like, he's provided 2, two billion toilets to 2 billion people. Uh, he's, he's going to be uh, on, Netflix, on Netflix, actually, in the next few months. So he's, got, he's a Netflix special, actually. And he, took, and he actually has a countdown timer uh, for his life at 80. So he only says, I only have this amount of days, this amount of hours, this amount of, of whatever left. And then I'm going to die. Or at least I'm going to be useless because you, know, you may not die, but you're not going to be very uh, useful. So and that's how we should live lives. And if you actually say, okay, I only need this a finite amount of lives, then all my frameworks need to change. It needs to be more effective, more powerful, faster, quicker, easier. And deliver you know faster results because I only have this amount of life to create an impact on earth. But and live a life that matters, right? Live a life of yeah. impact rather than live a life by default. Yeah. The problem, like if you use an inferior framework, you never live a life of impact because you're trying to survive. Impact only happens when you thrive. Impact only happens from abundance and overflow. Because if you don't have abundance and overflow, and you're living from month to month, and like, okay, I need to eat ramen noodles this month. I mean, you're not even thinking about your fellow men, right? You're like, I need to feed my family for this month. So you can't even extend the extra hand because you're so you're so mired in poverty and so mired in lack. And I don't blame you or whoever in that situation. It is not. A degradation of any kind but the reality is if you want to change the world you need to overflow yourself absolutely <clears throat> abundance you, you need abundance to, to to make an impact yeah scripture scripture talks about the cup right if the cup's not okay. overflowing you you're you have to use what's in the cup to take care of yourself yeah fair it is right. Kenneth, thank you so much for taking the time this late in the evening to, to hang out with us, to share so much wisdom and value. I appreciate you and we'll definitely share how people can find you. I know you're on Facebook and, and uh, you know, in the links below and, and I just want, I want people to be able to find you and, and people to be able to, to uh, start learning from you. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Happy to have more people in the fold. <laughs> <laughs> well,
Well, I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Thank you so much. Have a, a wonderful night. And uh, I look forward to, you know, future opportunities for, for collaborating. All right. God bless. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you're struggling with stress, feel like life is out of control, run out of time before your to-do list is finished, well, we have a gift for you. Stop by addvaluemindset.com and claim your free gift today. In our next episode, Jeff Fulkerson and Robert talk about his incredible fro and how he capitalizes on the uniqueness of his attention-getting fro to promote business-building, attention-getting websites. Jeff's goal is to rid the world of terrible websites. You want people to remember you in a positive way and stop faking it, but grow to become the kind of person you're faking it to be. Jeff shares some quick tips to make your website and ads better. Help your customers have a positive interaction with you on your website.